Welcome to Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarno, a weekly podcast from Relevant Church in Daytona Beach, Florida. We pray this message helps you connect to God as you find your place, reveal your purpose, and unlock your potential. Let's head live to Pastor Chris for today's powerful message. You can tell I've been trapped in the house for a little bit. Can you feel it? I was ready to go to some of your houses with this crew. I got it. Tell you that right now. We're hungry. Eat the 9,000 pounds of food. We don't want that. Wow. What do you want? You want me to go down there at McDonald's? Because it ain't open. We're trapped in the house. Eat what's in the thing. I'm coming to your house next time because some of you guys got room. Yeah. You think I'm kidding? I'll canoe. They do. I'm going to your house. I saw what one that then they fight over candles. Like what? Like really? Then they want to play a board game. I'm not playing none of that stuff. No. Because you're gonna start they're gonna start fighting. Now they're fighting about that. Oh yeah, they'll they'll really get into it. So I was like, I gotta get out of the house. I'm just telling you, I feel good being out of the house. How about you? You feel good? Next time you guys think something's going down, I'm coming to your house. All right, praise the Lord. You think I'm kidding. Look at this. You ready to go? We're in a brand new series about hidden treasure. You say, what's hidden treasure? The word of God. Look what it says in this parable in the Message Bible in Matthew 13, 44. Today I'm going to give you some powerful truths. The, the, you know, this was really the title of my sermon before this nonsense happened about a week ago. Can you find treasure in the darkness? That's the title of my sermon. Can you find treasure in the darkness? Ain't that crazy? Sometimes life doesn't like kind of all pan out the way you think it's going to pan out. And in the middle of it, you're like, man, is there anything good in the middle of this mess? You got to be able to find treasure in darkness. Sometimes life deals you a setback and you think, Jesus, man, this can't be good. Is there anything, anything I could kind of maybe like, I don't want to say learn from it because God didn't bring it. But is there anything I could kind of almost kind of get better at functioning through, even though I got to go through this craziness, the stuff that was gone. God said this, he said, he said, no matter what you go through, I'm going to be there. But sometimes, you know, it don't feel like he's there, but he's there. Right. And sometimes we're not really paying attention in the midst of not just traumatic events, but just setbacks in life. We feel like, well, God, where are you in this? We didn't go nowhere. He's right there. Sometimes you got to be able to find him in the darkness. And I was laughing. Pastor Liz made me laugh the other day because I'm up, you know, in the morning, man. I'm up like, forget about it early. You know, the other day I got up 318. I was like, oh God, you got to be kidding me. But I, I didn't stay up. You know what I mean? But she made me laugh the other day. All of a sudden, I, you know, the house is dark, everybody there. And I felt this hand come over and like touch my arm. I'm like, what in the heaven? You know, I got excited, but it wasn't like that. But <laughs> you guys got to start laughing more around here, man. Lighten up. So I felt this hand, and I knew what she was doing. It was dark, and you couldn't see. She's just making sure I was there and not up. You know what I mean? Walking around, God knows what I'm doing with a flashlight or something. But I got, you know, it was funny. I thought of that today. Sometimes, isn't that what happens with us when it's dark? We kind of look like, Jesus, where are you? And it was funny. Once she tapped my shoulder, she knew I was there. She rolled back over. And I thought about it today when I was preaching at 9 o'clock. I said, isn't that how we do it? Like, as long as I know you're there, I'm okay with it. But if I don't know you're there, I'm kind of a little apprehensive about what I might be facing. Sometimes in life, if we don't think he's there, we might just get a little bit like, man, am I supposed to be out here? Because this don't feel safe without knowing you're with me. And I can't see you, 
and I don't know where you are. And sometimes we hit life hits that sometimes it feels like, God, are you even here? Trust me, if you reach for him, you're going to find him. Because he ain't leaving you nor forsaking you no matter what it looks like. He's still God, amen? And this morning I thought about something too. I said, you know what? You know, they said, you know, he parts the Red Sea and he walks on water. Yeah, he does. That's who he is. But the other day I was slushing through the water. And I said, you know what, Jesus, you're still the God that parts the sea. You're still the God that walks on water. But I tell you what, I thank God you're the God that walks with me through the water. Because there ain't no part in here. This is slushing through mud. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes you got to know, even when you're slushing through the stuff in life, you know what I mean? He didn't leave you. He'll slush right there through you. Amen. He's the one that's in the fire when you're in the fire. You're going to come out not smelling like smoke, but he's in the fire with you. Sometimes, you know, it's, remember we walked through the flood and you said, some got to go through the blood. Yeah, guess what? He came through the blood. He came through the flood. He came through the fire. He came through the bat. He's right there with you. He didn't leave you. He didn't disappear or dissipate. He's right there. But you got to just know his presence is with you sometimes. And this is what it says in the Bible. Look at this. I love this. He says, God's kingdom is like treasure hidden in the field. You know what I'm saying? You ever watch those shows where they all go treasure hunting? They go excavate for all this cool stuff. You watch that stuff sometimes, you know, I get into it a little bit. You know, like they got to mine deep and go find all this stuff. When I was in, Ang- I was in Africa, I went, to, uh, I, went to, I went to South Africa and I went to Joburg. I was in Joburg and then we were supposed to go to this other place. And when I was there, they, they were all in Angola and they all came over from Angola. And Angola is rich in resources. Like there's diamonds and silica. Silica is what you make solar panels out of. Silica was in the dirt. Diamonds were in the dirt. These guys were like there. So I go to the Congo. And literally, another time, when I went to the Congo, the Congo was, actually, they wrote, they made that movie, The Blood Diamond, was from the Congo. When I was in Lumumbashi in Kinshasa, what they do is that's where they actually mine these diamonds. You know what I mean? And that's where they, they was, it was sad. It's a sad story because these guys are, like, risking their life to go get these. But they were like, man, no. They knew the guys that came in, and they're like, this is where they, they go get them. And they bring out uncut diamonds. It's in the dirt. But those talkers ain't on the surface, man. You got to get under the dirt to get them things. All the good stuff's under the dirt. It ain't laying on top. I was like, how deep you guys go? I mean, we're blasting stuff to get down there, to get them what? Precious stones. Jesus said, you want something precious? Call my word. Ain't just some stones. Look what he says here. He's telling you how to do it. Look at this. He said, God's kingdom is like a treasure hidden in the field for years. And then accidentally found by a, a what? A trespasser. Who finds it ecstatic. What a find. Look what I got. And proceeds to sell everything he owns to raise money and buy that field. Why? Because it's precious to him. Or God's kingdom is like a jewel merchant on the hunt for exquisite pearls. Finding one that is flawless. He does what? He immediately sells everything he has and buys it. He's talking about the word of God. He's producing a parable for you to understand that the word of God is so precious that the moment you find it, you sell everything you got to keep it. You change your mind. You change your opinion. You change your life. You become what it tells you to become. And today I was thinking about how valuable the word of God is, and I started thinking about something. And I want to show you this because I thought it was, it was powerful. In Isaiah 45 and 3 in the NIV, I found this scripture. I want to give you a couple things, and then I want to tell you how you're going to kind of like navigate this stuff. Isaiah 45.3, it's the story of God's promise to the Israelites releasing them from bondage of Babylon and delivering them from these wayward people. The Persian king was named Cyrus. 
said this. God spoke to him in Isaiah 45 and 3 and said, I will give you the treasures of darkness in the secret places so that you may know that I am the Lord God of Israel who summoned you by name. Look, put Isaiah 45, 3 up there. I think she just had it. But I will give you, say it. I will give you what? Riches stored in secret places so that you may know that I am the Lord. What? The God of Israel who summoned you by name. He said, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you treasure from where? Give him the first part. I just let him see it again. I'm going to what? I'm going to show you hidden treasures from secret places. Sometimes in life, can we find that thing? But watch this though. It's in the middle of the darkness. See, that's what happens sometimes. People don't realize. I will give you the treasures of darkness. Riches hidden in secret places so you don't know that I'm the Lord. Finding treasure in darkness. Can you do it? During his conquest, here's what happened. Cyrus literally found treasures that the Jewish people had buried as they were taken into captivity. Just like King Cyrus who found treasures hidden in darkness, you too can find treasures. Pastor, do you think we're going to all start treasure hunting? No. But can we find treasures of hope in unexpected places of darkness? That's my question. In the middle of the darkness, can you still find hope? In the middle of the darkness, can you still find, hey, the light of day is coming. You know what I'm saying? In the middle of darkness, and I thought about it, right? Sometimes when we're going through seasons of life, and it seems like it's overbearing. It seems like it's too much. It seems like it's too much to handle. It feels like I can't even breathe. It feels like life knocked the wind out of me. Right. Can you still hope again? Come on, somebody. Can you still stay with hope even though it doesn't look like hope it can be found? Are you hopeful in hopeless situations? Amen? Because guess what? Even though it looks bad and ain't as bad as you think it is, because God's going to work it out. Why? Because he ain't going to be a day late or a dollar short. He's going to make sure you show up on top and have the victory in this. So here's my question. God, what am I supposed to be looking for when I'm in these dark places of life? Well, just like you and I are looking for hope, we have to understand what King Cyrus seen here. And he explained it to us. And he, Cyrus said this. He said, in this verse, God really reveals a couple of things. Even though we're in the painful place of suffering sometimes where you would very much not think to think you would find God, God gives you these treasures of his presence. First, how does he do it? He does it so you would know that his power is able to intervene in any dark situation. That's what you gotta remember. No matter what I'm going through, God's power and ability could come in the middle of this thing and turn the whole thing around. Look what he said over here. These are scriptures he gives us, but we gotta hang on to these hopes. Look at Psalms 147.5 in the Passion. God reveals himself as the Lord God of Israel over and over in scripture so we can understand that he's our creator, he's our sustainer, he's our master, he's our ruler, he is our deliverer, he is omnipresent. Time means nothing to him, space means nothing to him, matter means nothing to him, his existence is dependent upon nothing but himself. Ain't nothing going to stop God. Look what it says in Psalms 147.5. How great is our God. There's absolutely nothing his power cannot accomplish. And what? He has what? Infinite understanding of everything. That's our God. There's nothing his power can't what? Can't accomplish. There's nothing his power can't do. Sometimes you got to remember that, though, in the middle of it because it don't feel like it. Amen? 
Sometimes it feels like, man, what am I going to do? Don't worry about it. It ain't what you're going to do. It's what God's going to do. He can do it. God is huge and powerful, and he can intervene in the darkness in ways you can't even imagine. You're probably, come on, everybody's probably asking themselves the same question. I've seen God move before. He reveals himself as he moves in your darkness to change everything. When you ask God for miracle opportunity, how many of you know he's going to show up with it? Why is that? God reveals this in this verse. What does he tell us? God will be close to you in the middle of your darkness. He's almighty. He's huge. He can handle it. The word of God creates treasures of hope. Write that down. Your hope is found in the word. Y'all know where that comes from. How many of you know this one, right? You've seen this before? I kind of like it. I'm going to read it to you because I think it's important you, you see this right now. Some, a lot of you know this, but in the book of Hebrews, he explains it very clear to us that hope becomes the anchor of the soul. And sometimes in life, if you're, if, you're, if you're not paying attention to it, it can almost give it. Go to Hebrews 6.13, King James. You got to realize that because sometimes we lose hope there. And if hope's the anchor of your soul, what's going to happen to your mind, will, and emotions if you lose hope? You're not going to be able to navigate. You know, I know this all sounds like, yeah, I know God's my help. I know God's my source. But you got to hang under the word sometimes in the middle of these pressure points when it seems like I can't hold on no more. You got to hang on. Look what it says in Hebrews 6.13. You're going to like this. For when God made promise to Abraham, because he could swear no by the greater, he swore by himself. See, that's a covenant keeping God. You see that? See, people don't get, remember, like when Adam um, showed up and lost all of authority to the enemy and, and basically handed over the land lease of the earth to the Antichrist, Abraham had to believe God when nobody understood what believing God was. So when Abraham decides to believe God, he said to him, he said, how shall I be that I know that I'm going to have these kind of a descendants? Remember when God took him outside, he said, look at the stars in the sky. That'll be the many descendants that you'll have. He said, I don't even have a child. How am I going to have all that? And God goes to him and speaks to him on his language and says, okay, well, let's cut a covenant. The moment he understood about covenant, Adam, Abraham actually knew what he was talking about because he understood what that meant. You understand this? See, here's the problem. You know why God had to talk to mankind before in, in a natural sense? Because, see, this is why God doesn't lead you through natural things. He leads you through spiritual things. Because he, can't, he couldn't speak to man on a spiritual playing field anymore because Adam had sinned. And now God was spiritually dead to being led and moved by the Spirit. So he moved him by natural things. He came to his level and showed him through covenant that he was a keeper of his promise. But I got news for you. He don't have to come to you and me and show us anything but his word anymore to show him that he's a keeper of his promises. Does that make sense? So when Abraham shows up and goes, what are we doing? He goes, hey, he goes, go get, go get a turtle dove. Go get all this stuff. A Abraham knew what he was talking about. He says, oh, he wants to cut a covenant with me. I get what he's saying. So he goes, okay. As he starts doing it, Abraham starts getting overly involved. God said he put him to sleep. Well, why did he put him to sleep? He goes, you can't be a part of this. Because if you get involved in this, remember we talked about this? He said, because if you get a part of this, you're going to mess it up because you're man, you're human. Yep. So a smoke and fire and a burning flax, what's that mean? God and Jesus cut a covenant that was perfect. Abraham went a dull sleep. He said, great darkness came over the whole earth. Abraham was through, the, through, through a vision. He could see God and Jesus cutting a covenant that's perfect. Mm. That's why this covenant is perfect. 
God and Jesus walked through this. See, what they do, what they would do was this. It was, this, it was kind of nasty, but it's how covenant was done. We should talk about blood covenant. We will one day. Once you understand it, you'll see it. What they would do is they would take, they would take like an ox or a bullet. You know, they'd split it down the middle and, and gross, man. Blood everywhere. And, t- and they'd split it in half. And you got half a bull on this side, a half a bull on that side. And you would walk through it. You see, you know, you don't notice stuff. This is why you got to come to church. It's okay. This is good. I'll teach you. That's what I'm supposed to do. This, this is what a covenant was about. I'll, I'll show you. You know, marriage is all these laws. Why do you think you call it the marriage covenant? Why do you think you have vows? Everything you speak, till death do us part, for richer or poorer. That's a covenant oath. They would walk through what they would do. Say me and Kevin were doing it, right? We were getting in a covenant. He would walk through and we would walk through. And while we walked through this sacrifice with blood all over the joint, I'd say, this is my end of the bargain. And it's a contract. It's a legal contract between you and God. So you would sit there and we would decree the, the oath of the covenant. I'll do my side. You do your side. I'll do my part like you do. Why do you think you go in a wedding, you stand next to one another? Why do you think there's the joining of the hands? Why do you think you do it? It's just like the same deal. Just we ain't got no gross blood all over. But, but it had to be blood. because So they went there. So God and Jesus cut this covenant. You understand this? Abraham, through, through a haze, could see what was going on. But he didn't have no part of it because man was involved with it. It would be tainted. When God, now watch now. Now when you read it, make more sense. I wasn't trying to be gory. Pop that up there, please. For when God made promise to Abraham, he could swear by no greater. So God said, who am I going to cut a deal with that's going to keep their end of the bargain? Like I am. None of you dudes. But he said, if I cut this covenant with myself, Jesus, I know it'll be what? Binding forever. You see it? That's what you're basing these promises on. Why did I tell you all that? You see this stuff? You getting this? That's why next time you doubt the word of God, you better doubt you. Don't doubt God. God and Jesus made this deal. Now, see, here's the problem with humanity. You got, you know, you can get out of anything nowadays. You know what I'm saying? Fran will tell you, he's a lawyer. Contracts are like, come on, man, we'll find a way out. This ain't a contract like paper. This is a contract from God. He don't get out. Am I not God? Did I not say it? Will I not do it? So God don't play. So don't take natural human wisdom and try to come in here and go, this is, a, this is an earth deal. This ain't no earth deal. This is a God deal. God plays serious. You understand? So now, you're, are you getting this? You guys doing good? I'm, I love this stuff because you guys are really paying attention. If you didn't notice, we'll do a series on blood covenant, jack you up. No, it will. It'll mess you up. Because you don't realize, because we don't realize how, I'll do it. It's like Bible school. That's why it's going to be good. I'll teach you all this stuff. When you get it, you'll never question God's side of the deal. You never will. So now watch. Okay, you get it now? So pop it up there. Watch. So you see it? So when God couldn't swear by no greater, for when God promised to Abraham, now you get the picture, right? He couldn't swear by nobody greater, so he made a deal. He swore by himself. Mm-hmm. See it? So God and Jesus made this deal. Perfect. Good. Go ahead. We're going to read all the way to like 20. Saying, surely blessing, I will bless. Saying, he's cutting it. Surely I will blessing, I will bless, multiply, I will multiply. That's the covenant confession. I will bless you. I will multiply you. That's God and Jesus rolling the deal. Abraham's watching it through a haze. Perfect law. Right? Keep going. Multiply the and so after he patiently endured, he obtained the promise. Now, you got to have patient, faith and patience. I hate patience. Oh, I can't stand it. 
I'm really bad at it. But I got to change my confession. I'm better, but I'm not good at it. Faith and patience. Everybody say faith. Faith. Patience. Patience. Obtain the promise. Yay. I don't know what to tell you. That's the only way to get it. I'll show you something though here though. If you learn this principle, it'll help you. Faith and patience obtain promises. So have faith, have patience, and obtain promises. So watch, watch this. For men verily swear by the greater. So that means the lesser cuts a deal with the greater. That's why if you, you ever see like a merger, company mergers, right? What's to do? The little company merges with the big company, and then the little company becomes the big company. The big company don't become the little company. So it's better to merge up, right? You know what I'm saying? You ever, you ever help somebody? I had these guys were doing it. It's crazy, dude. Nuts. Nutso. Because all the, all the terminology is very, very, very wacky. And you got like a lot of money, a lot of assets, but the bigger boy's got better assets. So he's trying to nickel and dime. It's nut job. So all I did is pray in tongues because I don't understand. <laughs> Go see you. You're a number cruncher. I don't know. Make sure the deal's right. Right? For men verily swear by the an oath of confirmation is an end to strife. So here's, all right, that's good for your house. So this gets a little fancy. You want to get in a strife in your house, find a place to agree. Once you find agreement with anything, you end strife. That's how I used to tell PL. She, does, she thinks this, I think that. Who knows who's right? I said, we got to find a place to trust God to agree that he can lead us. Because if you think you're right, I think I'm right, we're going to just get in a fight. That's Marriage Seminar 101. Do you fight? No, she fights with me. I never fight with her. Come on. You guys got to catch up. But you get what I'm saying with strife? You know why you got strife in your house? You want to know why you got disagreement? Because one opinion, another opinion. Some, guess what? Somebody's right. Somebody might be wrong. It's okay. But God cannot lead you unless you get to agreement. So do this. This is how you do it. Go like this. Go. I think I'm right. You think you're right. Let's just do this. Let's just agree that we'll let the Holy Ghost lead us. And we'll find agreement with that. And if you're right, I'm right, I don't care who's right. I just want to live right. I don't care who gets the credit for being right. You know what I mean? Sometimes I do like to tell her I was right. (laughs) It's a little bit. Most of the time. But anyway, I'm not saying most of the time I'm right. I just like to remind her that I was right. You know, you guys come to church. You all look at me like you're not me, but I know you are. You'll get that on the ride home. So you understand what to do, though? Business. This is what you do with business, too, because you'll all be fighting. Oh, yeah. I got to adult babysit guys because they can't get along with the partners. Seriously. Conference call deal. Why? Because you're going to fight about stupid stuff because difference of opinion. You guys are all in business. You know, you remember those days. Corporate wants to go this way. You want to go that way. Somebody's got to find a middle. How do you find a middle? Hello? You got to find a place to agree. Somebody's got to give a little bit. Get, hello, how about your house? This is what I'm not talking about. I'm talking about your house. Let's just agree. Let's stop this. And let's just agree that God will lead us to the right direction. That's when you end the strife. If you don't find a place of agreement, the oath of agreement ends all. Strife. Everywhere you go. Do we have agreement about that? Make house rules. Does everybody agree? I don't like it. I didn't ask you if you liked it. Do you agree upon it? Because the boys ain't going to like it. But you got to get them to agree. 
Just You agree to make your bed every day. You agree to vacuum your room. You agree to not let mold grow up the wall because you got food in here from 1973. <laughs> okay, that's, that's a bonus. You should, you should wrote that down. All right, next. 17, I got to get you out of here. We're in God willing more abundantly to show the heirs of the promise. That's you. You're the heir of the promise. That's you. That's a promise book. That ain't just the Bible. What? The immutability of his counsel, he confirmed it by what? An oath. His word. Look at 18. That by two immutable things, it's impossible for God to lie. You see that? So this is what, every promise in that book of treasure is based upon God can't lie and he gave you his word. He ain't lying. He ain't going back on either one. That's why the word of God is more sure, more sure word of prophecy. That's why I tell people all the time, I need a sign. You, you got a sign sitting in your lap called the Bible. You don't need no sign. Live by the word. The signs will show up, but live by the word. You got a more sure word of prophecy in that book in your lap. Come on, right? That by two mutable days, it's impossible for him to lie. He's going to keep his oath. We have strong consolation who have fled for refuge in what? To lay hold upon the hope set before us. You see where hope comes from? The word. Watch well, 19. 19 will change you. Which hope we have as an anchor of the soul. What's your soul? Your mind, your will, and your emotions. How do you anchor your mind, your will, and your emotions? With hope. Amen. What's your soul? Come on, we're almost done. I got to tell you what to do. Come on, you got this? Yep. We got to go, right? What's your soul? Your mind, your will, and your emotions. What's the anchor of your mind, will, and emotions? So what happens if you have no hope? Your head's all over the joint. Mm -hmm. See it? What anchor? You ever go fishing? We go fishing, right? Yeah. Now, he's, now he's got the thing. You got the weight. You ever go out there? Man, you got an anchor? Man, you got that, that anchor ain't right. You're going to bounce around all day long out there, bro. We go out there, man, one time, man, they're banging all over the joint. I was like, get the anchor stuck. You, sometimes you can't get the anchor stuck. But once you get that anchor stuck... What happens? I don't care what we're in. You're going to do this, but we're going to be stuck. We ain't going nowhere. How many of you got to get your anchor stuck? The Bible says the word of God is the anchor of your mind, your soul, your will, your emotions. If your mind's all over the place, you might not be anchored too good. Come on. Your will. I don't want to do this no more. Get anchored. Your emotions. Boy, they're like a roller coaster, ain't they? Everybody's are. How's your anchor? If you're anchored, you can only go so far. I can't think like that. I'm not allowed to. The anchor's got me. I'm not allowed to feel like that. Why? My anchor's got me. Are you anchored to hope? Come on, man. What's your anchor of your soul? Hope. What's hope? Confident expectation with joyful anticipation. That's what hope is. Hope is a confident expectation with joyful anticipation. Get excited about why. Your future's a whole lot better than your past. Come on. All right. I got to show you this, right? Which enter in the veil, and we understand all that stuff. It's sure and steadfast. You can go back to 19. I jumped the gun. Sorry. Which hope is an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, which entered in the veil. That's the holy of holies. That's where God's presence is. So this is what you got to know. You can read 20 if you want to. Wherein the forerunner Jesus entered in as a high priest, right? He's your mediator. Does that make sense? He's over there interceding on your behalf. You got it? So what do I do? This is what you do. I didn't give this to, to, to 9 o'clock. I want to give it to you guys because the Lord really spoke this to me and we're done. Go to Zechariah. 
Go to Zechariah 4 and 4. King James is fine. I want you to, I want you to see this because the Lord spoke this part to me. He really did. It was funny. I was like, man, what am I supposed to do? And God's like, you need to, he quickened me yesterday about this. I said, okay, I got it. Because I, 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 I heard it and I was like, all right, I'll do it. Give him a minute to get to Zechariah. Grace, write this down. Grace, God's power in you and through you to accomplish anything. Accomplish anything. God, grace, you got that, Zechariah 4 and 4? Put it up there in the King James when you get it, please. Grace, God's power in you and through you to accomplish what? Anything. Here it is. Here it is. Now look, you know, this is where to get this. Now read it slow. Now he talks to him, he says, he had a vision. Zerubbabel had a vision, and he goes to Zerubbabel, and he goes like this. He goes, hey, man, what did you, what did you, what did you get out of it? He said, I seen a golden candlestick and all this stuff. He didn't understand it. I don't understand it. I was like, I don't even know what you're talking about. But this I understand. So I answered and spake to the angel that talked with me, saying what? What are these things, my Lord? He said, I don't know. Keep going. Five. Right? He said, I don't know what it is, but I know this. I know you're going to explain it to me because that's the key. You got to know God's going to do it, okay? You can't figure it out. Go to five when you got it, right? It says, then the angel talked with me, right? And answered and said, you know it's not what you see. He said, no, my Lord, I don't. Then he answered and spake unto me saying, this is the word of the Lord unto you, Zerubbabel, saying, not by might. Y'all know this one. Y'all know this one. Nor by power. But by my spirit, says the Lord. He said, you ain't going to do this in your strength. You ain't going to do this in your ability. How are you going to find light in the darkness? You ain't going to do it in your strength. You ain't going to do it in your ability. You ain't going to do it with your power. You ain't, how are you going to find light in the middle of a mess? How are you going to find the good and the bad? How are you going to find the middle of this thing upside down? How are you going to find it? You're in the middle of a divorce for crying out loud. How is anything good about this? How, not by might. You're in the middle of losing everything you got. Not by might. You're in the middle of some drama. Not by might. No by power. But by my spirit, says the Lord. Now watch this. A host. Now I ain't done. Because everybody's quits there. No, 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 no. Watch seven. Keep going. Who out thou? Woo! Wait a minute now. Now watch this. Who art thou, O great mountain before Zerubbabel. He's saying, what great obstacle is facing you? He tells Zerubbabel, he says, let me tell you what. Before Zerubbabel, you'll become flatland. Yes. He's talking to the mountain now. Yes. He said, that big mountain is going to be flatland. Yes. And what? And shall bring forth the headstone thereof. Keep going. With shoutings, crying what? Grace, grace unto it. You've been here before because I taught you this. Next time the project shows up, the problem shows up, that mountain shows up, you get out of your mouth, grace, grace. You ain't just talking foolishness. What is grace? It's God's power and ability in me allowing me to do things I could not do by my faith self. So when I look at this thing in the natural, ain't no way I could overtake it. But I got news for you. God's power in me. You remember when 
Paul came to Jesus and said, I got an angel of Satan buffeting me. I'm trying to get out of this mess. How in the world can I, you can hit it. How in the world can I get out of it? He said, I prayed three times. My grace is sufficient. That wasn't God leaving the joker alone in the middle of the problem. That was God saying, when my power and ability shows up in you, you're going to see the things you could do that you didn't think you could do 10 minutes ago. Because once my power kicks in and my ability kicks in, you're going to start looking at stuff different than you ever looked at it before. What was he telling Zerubbabel? He's saying, Zerubbabel, here's what I'm telling you to do. When the mountain or the obstacle comes out and it's facing you right there say oh mountain who do you think you are grace grace you're going to turn into a flat land and i'm going to walk right over you why because you think this is just me you're facing you ain't facing me greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world but you got to get your mouth on it before the problem ever shows up what grace grace you got to look at that mountain and go grace grace i'm telling you right now tomorrow you're going to get up and you're going to face stuff and you don't know what to do go grace grace just uh, that's how you're walking man Look, man, I'm telling you what to do. You're going to get up and look at it and go, Grace, Grace. People are going to think you're crazy. You'll be on the phone. What's up? Grace, Grace. What, what did you say? No, nothing. Don't worry about it. What did you say? No, no, no. Don't forget it. Don't worry about it. That wasn't for you. That was for me. You know, you're going to show up at the business deal. Grace, Grace. What? Grace, Grace. Praise God. You be praying? Some people think you're just praying over food. No. Grace, Grace. I need God's power. I need God's ability. I need God's anointing. I need God. What are you going to say? Grace, Grace. You can't just look at these mountains no more by yourself. You got to get it coming out of your mouth. When the doctor shows up and says, here's the report, go, Grace, Grace, bro. I don't believe your report. I believe the report of the Lord. Come on. You got to get it coming out of your mouth. What he tells the ruble, he said, I don't care what that mountain is coming against you. You got to say, grace, grace. What was he saying? God's power is against you. God's ability against you. God's anointing against you. He said, but you got to speak to it. Grace, grace. You're, now, what, you, you remember that next week? Stuff, grace, grace. Oh, Zerubbabel. You know what he tells Zerubbabel next? You want to see it? Yeah. I'll read it to you. You get, you get the extra bonus. You got it? If you got after seven, it's like eight or something like that. I don't know, wherever we left off. The word of the Lord came to me saying, watch this, nine. The hands of Zerubbabel has laid the foundation of this house. His hands shall also finish it. He's like, I'm going to tell you what, you're going to finish what you started. God's going to finish what he started in you. Might not look like you win in some seasons, but I promise you, you come out victorious. That's the word of the Lord. But some of the, it, takes, it takes that, whoo, and, and thou shall know that the, keep going, watch then, the Lord of hosts has sent me. You know, I got news for you today. God sent me to you to tell you grace, grace. God, I'm going to say it, I'm going to prophesy. God sent me like he sent that angel. I'm not saying I'm an angel, trust me, but I'm telling you. God sent me to tell you today, because this was not in me to say. He told me that yesterday afternoon, he said, go tell those people grace, grace. I knew what he's talking about. Go tell them grace, grace. God sent me to tell you the next time you tell that mountain grace, grace, he sent me to tell you, you got freedom to say it. You got faith to say it. Grace, grace. Oh, mountain, you got to go, because you cannot stay no more. Why? Because you are not part of my assignment. My assignment is only victory. Come on. Everybody, come on. Try it. Say grace, grace. Come on, close your eyes. Talk to a mountain. Come on, talk to something this morning.
Tell it, grace, grace, you got to go. Speak to some stuff. Come on, right now. Speak to some stuff you got to speak to because you know it's not supposed to be in your life right now. I'm being serious. Right now, by faith, right now. The anointing's never fresher than right now. Man of fell from heaven right now. There are situations, there's family situations, there's circumstances, there's, there's, I got, there's legal situations, there's supernatural situations, there's financial situations, there's marital situations, there's situations. I hear custody situations, I just heard that, there's custody situations, there's life situations, there's, there's married situations, there's situations, there's situations, there's, there's, there's medical situations, I feel it in my spirit, I can hear heaven saying there's medical situations, there, grace, grace, come on, this is where you release your faith, this is where you release it, you know what I'm saying, there's stuff going on, grace, 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 grace. It's got to fall. Cannot stay. Cannot stand. I, before I was doing it in my strength, but now I got the strength of the Lord. Come on. Grace, grace. Laugh at the thing. Say, oh, mountain. You, going, you know what he told me? He said, you go look at that mountain. Tell that mountain you got to be like a flatland. Make it like a plane. Who you think you are? Don't you know who I am? That's who you are. Grace, grace. Father, I just thank you right now. Any situation, any circumstance they're facing, may your grace meet it head on. And change it and transform it forever. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Praise the Lord. Just keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed for a minute. Because maybe you're in here today. And maybe you say, I don't even know if I can say grace because I don't know Jesus. Well, today is the greatest day of your life. Because as Pastor Chris said, see, getting to know Jesus doesn't mean that everything changes in your life. It means you change and become bigger than the things in your life. It means that you have someone who will never leave you or forsake you, someone who will walk through every hard place and every hard time and give you his grace to overcome. And maybe you're in here today and maybe you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life. If that's you right now, I want to invite you to make that decision. Maybe you say, I've known Jesus before, but I, I, I don't know if I've been serving him lately. Well, he's waiting for you. There's nothing that you've ever done, nothing that you could ever do that would separate you from his love. He's waiting with arms wide open saying, come home. I'm here for you. And if that's you today in this place, every head is bowed, every eye is closed. Will you just raise your hand right now and say, that's me. I want to believe right now. I want Jesus to come into my life. I want to make him my savior. I want to make him my Lord. And can we just say this together? Just say, dear Jesus, I believe in my heart that you are the son of God. I confess with my mouth that you are Lord. From this moment forward, I ask you to come into my life. Forgive me of my sins and I will live for you. You will be my savior. I'll live my life for you from this moment forward. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Well, that's awesome. You know, we've had, we, have a, we have families in our church who are deeply affected by this storm. There's a family in our church who had water up to here in their house, and they lost everything they had. More than one. I have families in the school who told me we've lost everything we have. We have to replace all of our possessions. But they're just things. And even though they're just things, how many of you know that's a lot? When I saw the one, I've cried so much this week. I cried driving down Ridgewood on Friday. I'm going to cry right now. And I was watching people kayak through the parking lot of the apartments. 
And I was watching a lady sit up high because the water was up on the stairs and she was sitting up just looking. I was watching a line of people who had been evacuated by boat who were standing there looking like their, their world had been lost. Shell-shocked, like, what the actual heck are we going to do next? And the need is so great that sometimes it feels like, how can we help all those people? And you don't want to know what? We can't help everybody, but we can help some people. And we will help people, and we're going to do everything that we can. We have a fund set up. If you go to relevantfl.org slash help, every dime of that that comes in is going to go directly to families who are affected by the storm. Listen, I know if you are affected, go to FEMA. Yeah. Go apply, and I think that's amazing. They'll reimburse you, but some people don't even have the money to start with to be reimbursed. But we're going to be the church, and we're not just going to talk about it. We're going to be about it. One thing we're going to do next week, I said, hey, I asked PC. I was like, can I do this? And he was like, uh, I was like, I'm just going to do it. I'll take care of it. Next Saturday, we're going to have a free garage sale. See, we already have furniture and stuff that's been in. The people will be like, oh, I have a couch. Can you use it? No one used it, so we stored it up. We're going to set everything we have that's been come in out on the lawn in front of the gym. And I'm going to tell all those people who are back in Fairway Estates whose the water was up to there. My assistant director of the school lives right behind this in this neighborhood. And she came out of her house on Friday and the water was up to her waist. It's a lot. And we're going to say, if anybody needs something, you can just come and take it. So maybe you have household goods. Listen, do not bring me your junk. If you wouldn't use it or you don't want it just because it's junky, nobody else wants your junk. I say it all the time. We do clothes. I'm like, don't bring me all your nasty clothes. Bring me the good clothes. But maybe you have an extra set of pots and pans. Maybe you have an extra set of dishes. Maybe you have some things in your house that you were going to get rid of anyway. Bring them here this week. And next Saturday, we're going to set it up in front of the gym. We're just going to bring all the... In fact, all you guys that come to the men's breakfast, I'm going to put you to work. You come to the men's breakfast and you can carry some furniture out on the lawn for me. How about that? And anyway, we're going we're gonna to just tell people, if you need something, you can just come here and take it. You can have, if there's a couch and you need a couch, take it. If there's a bed and there's a, so if you have furniture, if you have household items, bring them here. We'll set them all up and we'll just let people come and take what they need. How about that? I think that's great. In fact, maybe you say, I want to help with that. You know what? I'm probably going to set up the grill and grill out some hot dogs or something. And, you know, I don't know, make like 500 hot dogs and let people just come have a hot dog. I don't know. What's a hot dog going to do? Well, for some people, that just makes them happy that somebody's going to give them a hot dog. But I know that we can be the church. So if you want to participate in that, maybe you want to help with that. Sure. Well, we're not exchanging any money. You can, it's free. Everybody can just take what you want. We were planning to do that back in March and it got too busy. And now I know why we didn't get to do it because God's timing is perfect. But everything we have over there that's, that's been sitting over there waiting for this moment, we're going to put it out on the lawn. If you have furniture, if you have stuff, if you have things and you say, I want to be a blessing to the community, just bring it and we'll just let people just come take what they need. Amen. I think I will. I love that. And so we're going to do that on Saturday. Um, but if you feel like you want to give towards that again, you can throw that slide up there one more time. You can text to give. Sorry, my son is calling me. Um, you can text to give or you can go on there to help. And every dime of that, we're going to funnel through to people. I've had churches contact me being like, what can we do? I'm like, you can do whatever you want. Can we bring blankets and food and clothes? I'm like, yep. If you bring it, if you conceive it, we'll get rid of it. It'll flow. We'll distribute it. We'll do whatever we can. If any little bit helps, and like I said, there's some families that are in dire need right now. You know, my refrigerator went out too. I lost all the food in my refrigerator. 
I mean, the first night we ate real good. Everyone's like, man, you're eating good. I'm like, yeah, well, tonight we're having peanut butter jelly because now all my food went bad. I can't cook it on the grill, but you want to know what? I can go to Publix and I can buy my food. And there's some families that can't do that. There's some families that can't replace their food. I just want to help them. In fact, can we just pray right now? I'm sorry. I just feel I think I'm done crying and then it just overwhelms me. I know what Jesus said when he looked and he was moved with compassion for the need. And maybe you're in here and maybe you lost everything. Contact us and let us know. We'll help you. Maybe you say, oh, well, I, I, heard, I had some people, they were like, well, it wasn't that bad for me. But if you need help, we can help you. We're here to help you. I'm not going to help the whole community and people in our church family are hurting. So if you need help, you tell us you need help and we'll help you as best we can. We'll do something. But let's just take a minute and pray. God, I thank you right now for your hand of protection that was on our community. I thank you even though that the loss seemed to be great, that the loss was not of lives. God, I thank you right now that you lead us and guide us and that every person who needs help, finds we find a place to be able to help those in need. God, I pray that right now, every person in Fairway Estates behind us in our neighborhood right here, God, that all of a sudden they have an infusion of hope. Let them feel hope. Let them not even understand why all of a sudden they just feel hope. But we thank you for your hope and that you're the hope of the world. And God, I thank you that we are the church. We don't just have church. We are the church and that we can reach out into the lives of people who are in need and be a blessing to them. And we love you and we thank you so much for this opportunity to bless others. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarnum. If you are interested in learning more about Relevant Church, you can visit us at relevantfl.org. And don't forget to subscribe to our channel to hear more messages like this one every single week. Thanks for listening.